a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a beautiful Friday morning. You got that right. Getting ready for the Touristas all piling in this weekend, probably already on their way. And you know, the only thing they want to do is spend two days in a place that you get to wake up in every single day. Day. Have you ever gone on vacation to some uh, tropical island or Belize and, and uh, you're there a few days and you go, man, I could sure live here, right? And then uh, after a week, uh, you know, you uh, reality hits you and you go, no, I, I mean, it's a great place and I would love to live here, but, you know, am I willing to give up everything and, you know, I, I mean... It's a big decision, and so most of us, we go to that vacation place, and we enjoy it, and and maybe, you know, some folks, when they retire, might end up moving to, you know, Belize or some tropical island, and uh, I know most of the working class folks I know don't end up there, but uh, a lot of people do, and so that's the same thing. You've got a lot of people coming in here every weekend who want the blessing that you get every day when you wake up in the hill country they want to be able to come down and buy some peaches man you can go buy peaches on tuesday and wednesday and thursday you don't have to drive all the way out of town you can go buy your peaches during the week so all the reason these guys here fly come scooting in here every weekend be be nice to the tourists and uh, just uh, kind of look at it from their point of view in fact look around Look around at your hill country more often and and count your blessings. Uh, We mentioned uh, last weekend, I mentioned I was on the road and the flowers were just mind-boggling. It was like we had a second, we had a second spring flower season. Um, And so count your blessings, be grateful you live here, and be nice to the people who want to come in for two days and uh, hang out in this gorgeous country. So we got a couple of meetings coming up I want to tell you about. Last night's uh, Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting was exciting. We had about 80 people there. Mark Meckler delivered, I think I'm going to have to say, um, oh man, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but going back as long as I can remember uh, specific meetings, I mean, you know, going back a year or two, I think last night's Fredericksburg Tea Party meeting was um, one of our our best speakers as far as delivering a message and and not being boring and 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 just being a just a, a good presentation that kept you on the edge of your seat and and brought up a lot of questions and telling you what last night's was amazing with uh, Mark Meckler so. Just to tell you, you can't go back in time and attend last night's meeting, but I want to encourage you, when we do have these gatherings, and we do have them monthly all the time, and there was one of the points made last night by Angela Smith, who was the founder of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, and she said, you know, when we started this organization in '09, there were no other patriot groups in the Hill Country. 
took a year for Lano to catch up and the hill i mean and now we look around and i mean you've got several groups in kerrville we've got groups in frederick i mean things are we have grown there there is a movement that has grown is still there and by the way um <laughs> we're not going away folks we are not going away the patriot movement the uh, tea party movement the uh, smaller government movement we're not going away we're just getting bigger and uh, so you need to join us um this thursday now Hill Country Preppers meet this Thursday, and Steve Lehman pointed out to me a couple of weeks ago, I had sent a letter out to a number of people, um, a number of the groups and the leaders uh, out. I sent a letter out, this was about six months ago, I guess, and talking to them about how to get in touch with me to let you know, you know, let me know when you have meetings, when you have special events. And in the letter, I called them um, uh, conservative organizations in uh, the Hill Country, and so I sent it to Steve Lehman. Um, he was on the list, and he uh, next time I talked to him, he said, "You know, Matt, not being picky, but we're we're not a conservative organization. We are we are the preppers. We're we're getting folks ready for um, everything from uh, natural disasters uh, like uh, Yuri and and uh, uh, hurricanes and things like that." as well as the uh, zombie apocalypse, um, so everything in between. And uh, so he it, he wasn't angry or anything. It was just a, a statement, you know, you, you, we're, we're not really, we're not a conservative group. Now, that doesn't mean they're not conservatives in that group or that um, Steve and his sister's politics are their business. And um, But I will tell you that the information you get at his meetings uh, is absolutely top notch, and it will uh, get you. Um, it will start you to um, what's the word um, to learn to meet people around you who have the same mind as you do. So they're going to have their meeting this coming Thursday, this next Thursday, and I will bring you more information about that as we get closer. And as we norm, we try to do every month is get um, Steve Lehman on here on. Um, either Wednesday, uh, the day before his meeting, or the day after. We also have another meeting. We're going to have a guest um, next week. There is uh, a, I think, this is, I think, all right, I'm not going to name a name. There's a church in town that's going to start doing some, uh, is going to start uh, looking into self-governance and the different branches of that. And so we're going to have a guest in here, I think, either next Tuesday or Wednesday, who's going to come in and talk to us about that. So, we're going to have even more opportunities for you to get engaged and get involved. Um, but the Patriots meet next Thursday, and then coming up, the Hill Country, oh, the Preppers meet next this coming Thursday. The Hill Country Patriots, now their next meeting is Monday the 19th. Got a letter from Jacqueline, a note that says uh, Monday the 19th, and they're going to recap the 88th session and uh, talk about um, the special sessions. So they're going to be meeting uh, Monday the 19th. And, of course, as we get closer to that, I'll give you more information about that. I want to give a, out a, a special greeting. I don't know if you all do uh, listen to Michael Berry, but I'm a big Michael Berry fan. In fact, I listen to him. He has been so successful doing what he does that I listen to him to kind of hopefully copy some of the things uh, that he that have made him successful. Um, but um, 
See, and one of the things, he would not forget the point he was, uh, he would, uh, about to make, which I just forgot the point I was about to make. Um, but, um, so there you go. Uh, brain fart. We're going to move right on. I have, uh, some words of wisdom. Oh, I remember what it was. I have a special, I have a special greeting this morning for a listener. And, uh, I, I actually, I would like to meet this woman. Um, her sister came uh, to me to the meeting last night and and uh, said, my sister listens to you every single day. And I, you know, every, folks, every time I hear a statement like that and, and people say it to me, I had a handful of people last night say, um, particularly about yesterday's program, they said, Matt, man, your show is really good today. And we listen to you all the time. That, in a sense, uh, in a sense, that kind of freaks me out. All right, because it's real easy for me to sit here in this little room, and there's not another person in this room, and the walls are, you know, they're not closing in. I love the bunker, and uh, even when the elevator up to the surface isn't working, um, but um, it, it 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 makes me it gives me a sense of responsibility. In a big sense of responsibility, and someone, uh, I, I, I just kind of threw off a line last night when someone said, "Well, we listen to you all the time, Matt. Thank you." And I said, "Well, make sure and let me know when I get something wrong. When I get something wrong, when I make sure and let me know. Y'all, your list, y'all are the checks on me. All right." And I need you to, if I get something wrong, I mess something up, I need to know about it. And uh, so um, a special greeting. So I got this uh, greeting last night from from Flo. Flo came up to me and said, my sister live, li- listens to you every single day. And I thought, well, that's really neat. And, and uh, Flo then uh, uh, began to tell me about her sister, Glow. And I'm not making this up. Good morning, Gloria. Glow is short for Gloria, and apparently Gloria is a. Um, and I'm sorry, I hope to, I hate to rat you out, Glow, but uh, Glow is a nonagenarian. Yeah, she is. I don't know if she's registered or not, but she is a nonagenarian. Apparently, lives off the grid in her log cabin. <laughs> I'm kid you not, Glow. All right, man. I appreciate you listening, and um, I would—I'd like to meet you someday. In fact, I have this um, uh, glow just for you. I have—I've got a bunch of wild plums that um, I'm trying to figure out what to do with this weekend, and um, they are—I'm um, going to probably do some uh, um, plum jam, maybe a spiced plum jam. But if you're listening, Glow, and you can uh, uh, get in touch with me, um, let me know. You call the station. Uh, my phone number's real easy to find. Um, and uh, But uh, if you have any tips on what I can do with wild plums, and uh, they're a little bit on the tart side, but, man, they're good. Oh, they're tasty. Um, but, but I'm going to be working on that this weekend, and so no one like a nonagenarian to know what to do with wild plums, especially one that lives off the grids in a log cabin. I'm impressed. And uh, and her sister Flo, which, by the way, I heard uh, Flo was not the name she was uh, given at birth, but uh, 
when Gloria was uh, being called Glow, um, apparently uh, Glow decided that she needed to have a sister named Flo. So there you go. Two wonderful ladies here in the Hill Country. I met Flo. I'd love to meet Glow. And uh, y'all probably could tell me what to do with all these wild uh, plums. So before we completely go into total overtime here, um, let's uh, give you a little bit of uh, wisdom from um, from Ben Franklin. He says, look before or you'll find yourself behind. Look before or you'll find yourself behind. I don't know. That almost sounds like a don't leap before you look. Look before you leap. Um, anyway, folks, uh, y'all stick around. Uh, you can puzzle out the words of wisdom from Ben Franklin and uh, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. He owns the largest collection of do-rags in Gillespie County. He's Matt Long. Born to be wild. Born to be wild. The Hill Country Patriot. Man, that's some Friday music, isn't it? Needs something to get you up and get you out going today. Um, there you go. That's a good start right there. Um, we, uh, I have been mis- mentioning this, that I'm going to start bringing you, and, and I've done a couple of them, some of the uh, responses and excuses are that you're going to get from your legislators when they return from this legislative session going to first of all there were some good wins this legislative session i dare to say a few more than the last session or the previous session um and uh, but it's still a very small percentage of of conservative issues of even republican issues were addressed in the house this session and uh, you can go to the Republican Party of Texas website and take a look at the what the Republican Party, what the grassroots of the party decided were the most important. And then you can make your decision as to whether or not you're finding, uh, if you're seeing whether or not they met our legislators, those people that are my, by their name, met all those things. So the um, the the so they're going to come back, and you're uh, you're going to ask them some questions. You may be talking about the border because there were not very many good border issues um, that were dealt with. We got a few. We got a couple of little border things. But uh, and if you heard uh, yesterday's program, um, then you'll know uh, Sheena Rodriguez told us about that. Um, so they're going to come back, and if you get the opportunity to ask them, here are some of the common excuses we've heard over the years. The first one has been already been mentioned a number of times. We just don't have enough time. There's only 140 days. All right. Well, recall that they voted themselves numerous five-day weekends, the House especially um, did, and that would be a good reply, saying, well, if y'all didn't vote yourselves five-day weekends, and, and everything... All you have to do is scoot things up a day or two. I mean, that's all you have to do is those those five-day weekends they took, all they had to do was not take those, and by the time you get everything said and done here, you at the end of the session, you've got three or four extra days 
All right. And so when they say, well, we ran out of time. Well, no, you could have had, you could have been three or four days ahead. All right. And so that, that line that they don't have enough time is, is completely bull. And nearly every one of these excuses that I'm going to talk to you about, they're all going go, to go back to the Speaker of the House. And they are oh so happy to throw the Speaker of the House under the bus when they go back home. And yet, did they enable the Speaker of the House to get there? So this next excuse that I heard, and I've already heard it this year from my representative, all right, when questioned about a certain vote early in the year, early in the session, my representative and the office of my representative replied by saying, my vote would have not made a difference. All right, and and think about that for a second. Well, okay, so you're you're right. Um, I looked at that uh, vote we were talking about. It was you know, whatever it was, eighty fifty or whatever it was, and 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 my representative could have made it you know seventy nine fifty one or what whatever the numbers are. And I don't have the number. It's one hundred and fifty reps. I think only one hundred and forty eight voting this year. I think there's a vacated a uh, couple of vacated seats, but. Um, Anyway, the, the, my representative in her office said my vote would have not made a difference. And, and I got to thinking about that. And I've put a lot of thought into this because I want to be careful, very careful when I say this. And I think when you, if you hear that answer, I want you to think about this before you, you need to be prepared for this. All right? Um, my vote wouldn't have made a difference. Well, the, the, the follow-up to that is, well, which piece of legislation this session, was there a piece of legislation this session where your vote made a difference? I don't know. Does my vote make a difference when I go down and vote for the president every four years? Well, I don't know. The votes never come down to one, has it? And I slap myself in the face and say, doggone it, if I'd have just voted... So-and-so would have been president. It came down to one vote. I would be willing to bet that in the House of Representatives in Texas that my representative's vote would not have changed any legislation any at any point in time. Now, that kind of makes it sound like my vote doesn't count, doesn't it? So that's why I want you to think about this and help me out with this. Um, because I heard this when it came to the vote for the speaker. You know, last year there were, last session we had quite a few people that didn't vote for a speaker. They, uh, for the, uh, for um, Dade the felon feeling, Dade feeling, Nobody, um, nobody, uh, um, you know, they had a handful that voted against him, and someone was nominated this session to run against him, and I think there were three votes that went against Phelan this year. I mean, so, yeah, your vote wouldn't have made a difference. So why do we even send you there? If, if your representative 
tells you on any bill, one way or another, and they're going to because we've heard this. Well, that bill was going to go that way, and that that was in the concrete, Matt. That that uh, that decision was made above my head, and 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 man, I'm telling you, the uh, caucus is all going to go this way, and my votes my vote wouldn't have made a difference. And so, yeah, I, I went along with everyone else. We need to come up with a reply for that. Right now, I think the best reply is, what is there a bill that came down to one vote this last session? Was there a single bill this last session that came down to 74-75, right? Or 74, whatever it is, and that I'm the last one to vote, and I, my vote alone moved the needle there i i will i will put to you that i do not believe and someone please if there wasn't a vote like that please please someone send it to me i do not recall a single vote a single uh, uh floor vote this year that came down to one person so every you could argue every single vote that was taken this year your vote wouldn't have made a difference wow we need to think about that one we need to be ready for that one because I've already gotten it. All right. This does all go back to the speaker. We're going to take a short break. And when we get back, I'm going to give you some, uh, maybe some good news about Speaker Dade feeling. Are his days numbered? Stay tuned and you will find out. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for listening to the Hill Country Patriot. Um, we are your information station. If you're driving around in your pick-em-up truck in the Hill Country, you can find us on 102.1 on your FM dial or 104.3. And um, if you're not in our terrestrial listening area, over the entire world, folks, you can listen to the Hill Country Patriot um, Harley's show, the Matt Long show. You can listen to Lorraine, all of our good people here on the air, online on the World Wide Webs. Yes, you can go to hillcountrypatriot.com and uh, you can live stream from there. And with special greetings to my mom, who is in Northern Ireland right now and uh, not in a log cabin, and uh, she's an octogenarian. She's uh, and I look forward to the day where she's a nonagenarian. And um, but uh, she is, um, yeah, she's listening right now, having uh, some tea and uh, tea and biscuits, and uh, with uh, some good friends in Northern Ireland. I believe my brother, his wife, and their two kids are uh, my two nephews are going to be traveling out to join her for a, a week or so. Um, to visit her my wife and i went over and visited a couple of years ago we need to make a trip back and no she doesn't live there my mom just goes to ireland every spring we have ties there going all the way back to the late 60s when my mom and dad built and planted a church uh, in in Coleraine in northern ireland and uh, my mom's heart i don't know if it's ever left northern ireland and um that so she has been for a number of years every uh, between uh, between winter and the tourist season 
So when it's uh, most affordable, my mom heads over to Northern Ireland and uh, in a little town called Castle Rock, and she listens to this show on Hill Country Patriots. So no matter where you are in the world, you can listen to this program on hillcountrypatriot.com. Dade Phelan, the Speaker of the House, last uh, election cycle, he had no challengers. None. No challengers. When uh, at the beginning of this legislative session, uh, a few weeks into it, when uh, conservatives started realizing what was uh, what it was going to look like um, in uh, <laughs> this session, they um, bought advertising in his uh, district down in Beaumont. And I believe his district runs... Uh, 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 Jefferson County, Beaumont, uh, maybe all the way up to Jasper, something like that. I was reading about that this morning. And uh, so they somebody pitched in a lot of money and bought ads in his district saying, is this the guy you want representing you? Is this seriously you're backing this fella? Now, uh, very interesting that um, he came, <laughs> Dade Phelan came after them and uh, tried to file a bill that would... Uh, <laughs> Stop this group from advertising against him. Yes, I, I'm not making this up. Stopped. To, he, he came up with a bill to stop this group of people from advertising in his district. I don't know how far it got or where it got to, but he did that. Um, and so um, the uh, people have been pushing back in his district. I reached out to the Republican chair in Jefferson County at the beginning of the session. They let me know very very clearly that the uh, the Jefferson County Republicans uh, backed uh, Dade Phelan 100%. So we're not going to not be able to go after him through his county executive committee because they're all in line with him. So next thing, you got to have someone run against him. So um, he's got three challengers now, I believe. Uh, one of them, the first one came in, and this is actually a precinct chair from Jefferson County. Um, came out and was the first to uh, file um, uh, Shiloh Platts. Um, and I'm trying to see Shiloh. Shiloh didn't provide their pronouns in here. Um, so um, Shiloh, um, I don't, I don't want to mispronounce you, but Shiloh Platts um decided to uh, put their put uh, their name in the hat. <laughs> he she's name in the hat. Do you see how, folks, name your kids, uh, you know, Jack, John, Mary, Alice. Get something we can, you know, give, give put a handle on. Um, so, anyway, Shiloh Platt's uh, files to run against Phelan, which is great. Everybody went, wow, super. And then next thing you know it, um, Alicia Davis of Jasper County, that's the north end of the district, announced her intention to run. See, Alicia, I'm, that one was an easy and then, lo and behold, a third one gets into it, and this guy's name is David Covey. Now, I know David's brother, Stephen uh, Jonathan Covey, real well, um, and uh, I know I have met David Covey. I'm trying to remember what his background is, but David Covey has been engaged. Uh, let me see. He was... Um, Orange County, he was a former Orange County Republican chairman, David Covey. Um, Covey has officially launched his campaign for the seat. <clears throat> so anyway, so three names go in the hat. And I'll tell you what, I have more respect 
for uh, Shiloh, no pronouns, Platts. All right. I have more respect for Shiloh Platts than probably any other candidate I've seen in a long time because Shiloh was the first to put their name in the hat. <clears throat> and along comes Alicia and uh, David Covey, Alicia Davis and David Covey. They put their name in the hat. And do you know what Shiloh Platts said? Shiloh Platts said, you know what, with these two people coming in, and the quote is, other experienced, qualified, and capable candidates are emerging from this race. And he's referring to David Covey and Alicia Davis. And Shiloh Platts said, um, I'm going to step down. I'm going to back one of these other two candidates. When you go to challenge an incumbent, especially one as powerful as Dade Phelan, um, you need to be real careful to um, you need to be real careful to um, to not run too many candidates against them. You don't want to split the vote, and so one of the toughest things to do I can imagine. I have never been personally in this place. But I can imagine that if you've put your heart, your soul, your money, everything into running for a race and you realize that someone else is also in the race against the incumbent and, 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 and it's like we're going to be ticket splitters, we're going to be ticket splitters, I can't imagine what it would take to, after all of that investment, to say I'm going to step down and rather than split the ticket, between three, I'm going to get behind this other challenger to the incumbent. Run one against the incumbent. But that means that, that means some egos need to be get bent and folded around. I like the idea of hearing from all of them, in this case, uh, between David Covey, Alicia Davis, and Shiloh Platts. I, uh, I've already praised Shiloh for, for seeing the wisdom of that. Um, but I, I it would be well worth it to have the three of them get together a couple of times on stage somewhere with the common goal of replacing Dade Phelan and coming to the table, the three candidates or four or two or whatever it is, and whether it's Dade Phelan or it's in another district, that when you have multiple candidates like that going after an incumbent, need to come to the table, sit down, put all your energy and efforts into one candidate. Now, that's not going to be easy. But taking the difficult path is, um, taking the easy path has very rarely gotten us anywhere we really needed to go, has it? All right. So, no time. My vote would not make the difference. Um, and uh, feelings challengers, let's pay attention to this race down in Beaumont. Um, and um, I would strongly suggest that if you have any friends or family in that district, um, let me see what the House District number 21, House District 21, get in touch with them. Find out what's going on down there. And if you have money, if you're, the, if you're in that donor class who has the ability to support someone, get, get, get your, get, go down to Orange County. Meet with some of these people. Talk to them about maybe combining all of their followers and all of their people to take a one united front against Dade Feeling in his district. All right? Just because we don't live there 
doesn't mean that um, we can't get engaged. Dade Phelan has a bigger impact on all of our lives, all of our lives. And we have every right in the world to go down and into his district and do whatever we can to replace him in his district. So let's watch this race and uh, see if there's someone, if we can't get behind. And like I said, I know David Covey's brother, Jonathan, so I'll uh, I'll do my best. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my best to get these candidates uh, in that uh, uh, House District 21. I'm going to do my best to get those guys on the air up here and talk about that. So we're going to need to take a short break. And uh, when I get back, I think I'm going to James 4 and 4. So if you thought you were getting off easy on a Friday, <laughs> you adulteresses, Woo! James 4 and 4. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. He doesn't just complain into a microphone. Blah, 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 blah. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back, wrapping up this fourth quarter of the Matt Long Show in uh, the beautiful hill country of Texas. Um, welcome to all the tourists who are tuning in this morning and uh, coming in to spend the weekend here. Go buy some peaches. Uh, get yourself a peach belly. Uh, man, I had sink peaches all this week. I think I have some sink peaches left. And uh, you know what a sink peach is? That's a peach you have to eat over the sink. <laughs> and then and then you have to wash your hands because the juice has dribbled all the way down to your wrist. And, oh, man, it makes me hungry just thinking about it. So um, I, was, uh, I, I was looking for a scripture to kind of wrap things up this morning. And actually I was looking for uh, something out of the, um, the Founder's Bible, which is uh, the New American Standard Bible put together by uh, David Barton and uh, Brad uh, Cummings and uh, Lance Wubbles. And um, it, they have what they've done in the, uh, in the uh, Founder's Bible is along with, of course, the entire Bible, um, are numerous articles and little, uh, little boxes. Uh, here's the one on, on James has a little box in there that's got James Madison down in there. And then, uh, an article that goes along with, uh, James 1 called The Hope of Holiness. So I'm looking through and I'm trying to find one of these good little, uh, David Barton things to, uh, close out, uh, um, the weekend, uh, close out the week. And I see, as I'm kind of skimming through James, I see so many scriptures and so many things that are so familiar that this is a book that I'd be willing to bet if you were playing trivia game with someone and they said something about uh, you know about your tongue or your a fire or uh, this you could it, James would be a really good guess. All right, James would be a really good Jeff. But I guess because they got scriptures in there, you know, are you a hearer of the word or a doer? Are you just listening or are you doing? Um, there is, oh, the unbridled tongue. He goes on in James 2. I believe it is. Is it 2? Maybe it is. Uh, oh, yeah, James 2 is where it's faith and works. We get all of that faith without works, works. Uh, uh, the, James 3 gets into the tongue as a fire. 
and and even some Ben Franklin uh, came out of James three because Ben Franklin talks about the uh, most powerful muscle in your body. Uh, ben Franklin says being your tongue because you can use it. It's soft. He he. Uh, I'm trying to remember one of his quotes. He talks about how soft the tongue is, and yet how deadly it can be. And that James says that in James three. And then the article I came up with is tied to James four and it's called friend or foe and uh, so i started reading and i said oh that's a good one that's a good one let me see i'm going to go back and read james four and that's when i went woo um here we go james four and four you adulteresses do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward god therefore whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. How many Christians do we know that are trying to make themselves a friend of the world? And maybe not the world in general, but just make a friend of the, you know, their wino buddies that they uh, meet in. Uh, and I don't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that disrespectfully. The uh, wine drinkers in the hill country who, uh, you know, how, how you know, uh, what, uh, how, are you a friend with the world? Are you a friend with the world? And uh, David Barton says, is it possible to unwittingly put yourself on the wrong side of something that God opposes? And what happens if you do? Why anyone would desire to do so knowingly is baffling, but whether it is through ignorance or casual indifference, we can find ourselves aligned with things to which God is unalterably opposed we may have even allowed or incorporated into our lives and behavior things that God rejects. Or worse, we might be in danger of some direct affront by openly opposing something he supports. We can do this in our behaviors, in our attitudes, in the opinions we respect towards others, both positive and negative, in the alliances we form with groups and organizations and on positions we take on social and political issues. We can even do so, quote, in the name of God. History is replete with such examples. Ironically, the Pharisees, who were experts in the law and the most passionate, zealous believers in their day, that has quotes around believers, made themselves the most bitter and deadly opponents of Jesus Christ and his message, unable to recognize God in their midst because he did not conform to their expectations, traditions, and interpretations of what God was like and what they understood to be important. As such, they became his enemies all in the name of God. But what is at the core of this happening? It is not just our wrong expectations or ignorance on a particular matter. God can and will at times overlook ignorance. Acts 3.17. And... Ooh, had to get that sneeze out of there. God can and will at times overlook ignorance. And it refers to Acts 3.17 and Acts 17.30. And it says, what is the source of the conflict and quarrels among you? And this is from James 1 through 4. Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members? You lust and do not have, so you commit murder. You are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have 
because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. The founding fathers understood that the very things that make someone an enemy of God, whether by direct or indirect means, are the same things that undermine virtue in a culture and thus have a deleterious effect on America. For this reason, Declaration signer John Witherspoon pointedly declared, Whoever is an avowed enemy of God, I scruple not to call him an enemy to his country. He understood that whatever vice turned God's hand against an individual would also correspondingly weaken America. Declaration signer Charles Carroll agreed, pointing out, they, therefore, who are decrying the Christian religion are undermining the solid foundation of morals, the best security for the duration of free governments. Because the founders understood that an assault on God and his principles would lessen a public regard for and observance of his precepts, they were quick to respond when such attacks occurred. For example, when Thomas Paine informed Benjamin Franklin of his proposed plan to launch a full-front assault directly on God and Christianity, Franklin appealed to him out of their friendship, but his response was unequivocal and forceful. So this is Ben Franklin writing to Thomas Paine, who has said, uh, we've got to get rid of this whole Christian thing. Here's what Ben Franklin said to him. He said, the consequence of printing this piece will be a great deal of odium or hate drawn upon yourself, mischief to you, and no benefit to others. So what's he saying there? He said, if I print this for you, if we print this piece, it's going to do nothing but draw hate upon yourself, mischief upon yourself, and it will be of no benefit to others. He that spits against the wind spits in his own face. I would advise you, therefore, not to attempt unchaining the tiger, but to burn this piece before it is seen by any other person, whereby you will save yourself a great deal of mortification by the enemies it may raise against you, and perhaps a good deal of regret and repentance. Wow. You know, uh, Thomas Paine had some real interesting writings. I look to um, uh, one of his uh, pieces that he put together, um, and he did some good writings, but he definitely, um, he definitely wanted to take on God and Christianity. And uh, Ben Franklin said, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's just going to draw hate upon yourself and is not going to get anyone anywhere. And, um, folks, um, we're, uh, that, that's where we're at today. Where are we at today? Are you a friend of God? Are you a friend of the world? Is, is your goal to be loved?